Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> oh, you know what? My things didn't connect. I don't know why. Hold on a minute. Okay. Oh, hating it. <laughs> okay, now they did exactly the same thing as I did before. I don't know why it didn't work before. Okay. Hmm. Hello. Just to drive you crazy. Yeah, I know. Technology. I don't like it. Yeah, me either. I don't know why I was so nervous about getting ready because I'm not doing anything today. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You're just listening today. I expect all of your oohs and ahs to be on point. <laughs> Get out of here, you little turd. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've been alone in my office for 35 minutes. The instant I start talking to you, here he comes. What are you doing in here? What, what are you doing ignoring me? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> boo. Little boo-boo. No, that's what boo is thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Well, yeah. since I don't have to turn pages or anything, I can hold him in my lap. This is a whole new experience. I think I'm going to like this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> do not like this too much. Okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Is this the new format of the show? I read the books and then yes. I talk and then you just listen. <laughs> I think I'm liking it. Oh my God. It's like I'm in elementary school all over again and I'm doing a school performance and you're just spectating. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But remember, I was always your biggest fan. Oh, great. <laughs> it's true. Doesn't help me now though. If you just sit there holding the dog and listening to me. <laughs> oh. Well, at least I'm not reading my Kindle at the same time. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. You mute me so you can read while I just talk for an hour. <laughs> I'm you on to you, so Missy. Well. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> just think of it this way. I got you all prepared for your teenager that you're raising now. Mm -hmm. All the sneaky little things that can be done. I'm going to throw out the occasional Ruby Dixon is trash just to see what? if you're paying attention. <laughs> you made me scare Boo. I jumped so much when you said that. Exactly. If I say, or, uh, you know, orcs are garbage <gasps> and you don't respond, then I will know that you're reading and you will be oh busted, Missy. You're upsetting Mr. Big because <laughs> when I'm reacting to you, he's thinking, oh, she's freaking out. What's wrong? <laughs> it's Rachel. I'll tell you all about it when we get off the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't you Narc me that. out to the dog. <laughs> That's right. I will. Okay. How, how's your day going? Fine. Good. Every time I feel like, you know, oh, I got plenty of time. This is a problem with me having time is I'll procrastinate on some shit, like doing my notes for this episode because I'm like mm -hmm. I read this book a long time ago I can just type up my notes whenever I got plenty of time until the episode. <laughs> then it's like the morning of recording and I'm like fuck oh oh yeah, yeah. my thing is I have a mental temper tantrum it's like I don't want to do this I don't want to do the notes I don't want to finish the book mm -hmm. I don't want to do this so um I guess in a way I am a procrastinator too 
Yeah. Or you have things you'd rather be doing. I do have other things that I, I started a new painting thing. So I'm like, oh, this is exciting. And I'm still doing my rug punch thing. See, my other thing is I'm just reading. So I'm just reading other books oh, yesterday <laughs> and like the day before. I'm just like reading furiously because I'm like, oh, I have to finish this book so I can work on my notes for the podcast. Instead of just being like, this book doesn't matter. I can read it whenever yeah. I want. Yeah. Let let me stop reading so that I can go, you know me, I can't switch between books. So I was like, I have to finish this book before I can dive back into the book we're talking about today. That's hilarious because I'm averaging two books at a time now and an audio book. I can't do it constantly. In fact, last night I actually finished my book. I was really proud, but I looked at the clock and I'm like, it's only 8.30. I can start another Start book. another one. <laughs> So I started that The Werebear Shifter. Okay. That That's a really short book. It's only like 95 pages. A lot of books in that series are pretty short. Well, I started reading it last night and I'm thinking, what the hell is a werebear? Don't know. It's It just means bear shifter. Like oh. a werewolf is a wolf shifter. That's just what she calls them. Oh, I'm like, are, is it like a grizzly bear or a brown bear? There's a werebear. Could you imagine if I asked a forest ranger that? They would have looked at me like I was <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> like, excuse me, sir. I'm a, on a nature hike looking for werebears. Yes. Where could I find a werebear? A werebear? What is their normal habitat that I can go mm -hmm. check it out? Yeah, they would have looked at me like I was fucking insane. So yeah, so I started that book and I got like 50% in it. And then I ended up falling asleep. And last night, Boo, of course, woke me up at midnight. I let him out to go to the bathroom. That fucking dog behind me is out at midnight, comes charging the fence, barking his head off because I have the audacity to be in my own backyard. So then, of course, I couldn't go to sleep. So I went back to bed and read for another half an hour. And I'm like, I don't like this routine I'm getting into. I'm living your life. I don't like it. So what we need to do is capture one of the bobcats that's been hanging out at my house. Again? And yeah, we had two of them the other morning. What time? Showed it was 5.30 in the morning, actually. <gasps> oh, God. And they showed up on the ring, so... Oh, boy. Were they together? Yes, they were. Oh. So it's probably a mom and her cub or something. Yes. What were you saying? I should throw it over the fence. I could yes. use two. One for the backyard neighbor and one for the side neighbor. There you go. Yeah. We'll just capture them from my house and relocate yes. them a mile to your house. Yes, please. I think we should because that effing dog, I swear to God. You know how many times I've thought I'm just going to chuck stuff at that fence and then i i decided if the neighbor starts yelling at me for doing it i'll just be like oh i'm sorry it was an accident i was just so startled by your dog charging and attacking the fence it scared me and i accidentally threw something i threw some cyanide at the fence on accident yes speaking of which the other not cyanide but being freaked out so the other day i got home from the grocery store and angel was all pissed off because she wanted to go for a walk which i couldn't do because i had too many things to do so when i came home she still wanted to go in the garage well i let her out in the garage i totally forgot she was in the garage I oh god my, <laughs> i do all my other stuff and then i have to go out in the garage and i open the door and there's this gigantic effing dog in the garage i'm like oh my god she like scared the living crap out of me which i'm sure she loved because i forgot about her in the garage oh my god i almost jumped out of my own skin that's hilarious i'm pretty tightly wound are you now <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm amount shocked. Of, no amount of tranquilizers in the world god yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah that's kind of scary i hope the kids and nobody in your house or anybody on your block leaves early to go to work if these bobcats are patrolling your neighborhood. That's scary. <laughs> my, they, they love my front yard. But you know what? This is the second time we've seen them in our driveway and they don't walk on the grass. So they what? go down. They, it's so funny. They won't cut through the yard 
through the grass. They'll go down the path and onto the sidewalk. They're so polite. <laughs> but where are they coming from? And why are they intrigued with your driveway? I'm sure there's there's a lot of animals here. I mean, we have raccoons. We have a lot of coyotes. There's just a, there's a lot of canyons here. So they, I'm sure they live in the canyons. Oh my God, it's terrifying. I'm moving. I'm not worried about the bobcats. They're actually pretty skittish. It's the coyotes you have to be worried about because they oh, yeah. don't give a fuck and they will come right up to you <gasps> and do what introduce themselves uh if you're if you're walking boo and you see a coyote pick boo up okay <laughs> oh i absolutely would i've already thought this is how insane i am i'm like walk down the street with my dogs and i think if anything were to happen a dog comes after us or whatever i know where all the trucks are in the neighborhood i'm just gonna pick boo up and throw him in the bed of a truck and the other day there were no trucks and i thought I'm going to pick him up and throw him in the garbage pail that somebody until <laughs> <laughs> so I can Put get him in the pair. garbage can. <laughs> yes. At least he'd be safe. Oh, that's actually smart, though, using a bed of a truck, jumping in there. Oh, I didn't think about me jumping in there. I just thought about getting Oh, okay. I just throw I the still dog had, in there. Yeah, I still had Angel. I'd have to stay there and protect her she would be that fucking dog is 200 plus pounds you think that anything would happen to her she would be fine she could still get hurt i mean there's a divot missing out of her ear for god's sake from you know oh oh okay because if she has one little missing piece of skin you're (laughs) you're gonna endanger your whole body yeah she's yes (sighs) oh my god did you not see the video online this man he was 72 years old and some he's in Florida, some fucking whatever they have there, crocodile, alligators, I don't know, came out and took his fucking dog and dragged it into his little fluffy dog and dragged it into a pond. This man is in the pond straddling the alligator. <laughs> Good it's for him. Horrible. Uh, yeah, it's horrible because you hear the dog. Just yelping and yelping. And he is prying the mouth open of this fucking alligator because he is not going to let this piece of shit get his dog. And he's able to get his dog free. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I'm like, man, you're 72 years old. You're a badass, dude. Yeah, that's actually hard to do. It's hard to pry their mouths open, but it's easy to keep their mouths shut, actually. That's the weird thing about, like, alligators. Well, how easy is it to poke them in the eyes? Because that's what I would be doing. (laughs) Very easy. (laughs) Yeah, drop my dog. I'll poke your eyes out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm on a tirade. And while I was waiting for you to text me that we were going to start, I'm thinking, God, I hope I can stay awake because I need a nap. And now look at me. <laughs> Being tired <laughs> tired makes you bloodthirsty. <laughs> mm, doesn't take much. All right. Well, try not to fall asleep while I'm talking about this book, okay? Okay. I'll try to ask pertinent questions. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> like, what did you say? I missed that. No, I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was sleeping. What? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, was I snoring? No, I'm sorry. I would never fall asleep while you're talking to me. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. If you miss anything, you could just listen to the episode and figure it out later. Okay. Wait, I have to ask you before we start. Did you get that Instagram picture I sent you? Insta- did you? No. Oh, did you send it on Facebook or no? Oh, okay. Well, you go look at it after we're done with this. Go ahead. Start your book. Okay. okay. <laughs> now I'm on the edge of my seat wondering what this was. No, it's I do like Superman. Was it was it Henry Cavill or was yeah, it actually yes. Superman? Yes. No, it was him. Oh God, you're gonna leave me like this? I'm obsessed with his body. Oh my God, aren't we all obsessed with his body? Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> He's one of what five boys. His mother must be the proudest woman on the face of the fucking earth. <laughs> look at look at what sprung from my womb well god could you imagine if you were the ugliest brother out of the five which keep in mind the ugliest brother out of the five is probably still a fucking knockout well he is the best looking brother i'll give you that but all the mm. work he has to put into maintaining that body i mean it, it's worth it look at all the stuff he's doing all the cool stuff he gets to do as an actor right and well who cares about that <laughs> <laughs> In fact, somebody had, this is the last thing I'll tell you, but there somebody okay. had a posting on Facebook from the Creative Gardening 
group mm. and it's a picture of her husband who's shirtless did you see this picture i reposted oh that was somebody's husband yes oh yeah i'd be all over gardening if that was my husband too yeah and she said well i'm not sure what should i plant here what kind of plant should or what what should go here and i just pussy said, willows <laughs> i said my tongue <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. Some people have all the luck. They do, really do. But you know, I went shopping for clothes yesterday and I, I hate changing rooms. And I was like, oh my God, what has happened to me in the past 10 years? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tongue or no tongue. That guy would be telling me, get the fuck out of my garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sad. Uh, oh god okay so <laughs> what's the name of your book okay so this is like i'll just say this real fast you say things like what i lack in looks i make up for in uh willingness and enthusiasm yeah in performance <laughs> yes let my yeah. performance speak for itself mm -hmm. yeah yeah i had five men propose to me dude does that tell you anything something's got to be going on with me right yes all right oh Ugh. god okay so we've been talking for 20 minutes so we should probably oh start no but will you just focus <laughs> for god's sake i can't take you anywhere <laughs> yeah, sorry my bad my yeah. bad <laughs> <laughs> all right go ahead i apologize all right i forgive you okay <laughs> this week we are doing a different we talked about this before but I picked a book this week. I read the book and I'm going to discuss the book. And then next week you picked a book. You're going to read that book and you're going to talk about the book. Like a longer version of what we done, what we have done with the anthologies. Yes. The book I picked is called Blood Sector. It is book one in the V Clan novel series by Lexi C. Foss. You've read other things by this person, correct? That name is familiar. Yes. Okay. So I really like her other series, which is X Clan. Mm. And so you don't That's have right. to, yeah, you don't have to read the X Clan series before you start this series, but there are characters that overlap. And if you read X Clan, it's kind of nice to see those characters. Oh, okay. Like, again, in this series. So they just briefly overlap. And um, there was even a story in the anthology we did a few episodes ago called Kingdoms of Night. Do you remember that? I think don't think you and I liked any of the stories we read from that anthology. Oh, actually. yes, yes, yes. I, uh huh. No, you're right. Okay. So, so she had a little story in that anthology as well which is part of the X-Clan series. Okay. So like I said, those things aren't needed, but there's a this is all part of a larger world that she's created. So there is minimal overlap. In this world, it's like a futuristic dystopian society where there's alphas and omegas that are wolf shifters. But in addition to that, there are, there was, excuse me, something called like the infection. And this plague basically happened and it turned a bunch of humans into zombies. It's all part of the same infected zombie style world, but zombies really don't play a part in this series. Just know that that's something that is happening in the world. Okay. So this book is told in dual POV. So we get something called, oh, actually, before I get to the prologue, she has a good note at the beginning of the book talking about how this is a standalone. She kind of explains a little bit about what Omegaverse is, oh. alphas and omegas, and things to expect in the story. Um, she talks a little bit in the X-Clan. She talks a little bit about the zombie virus that destroyed 90% of the human race. So the note at the beginning is really good introduction to this new series that she's doing. And then after that, we have a little, it's like an image page and it says, welcome to blood sector where the alpha is king, but his omega reigns. Oh. And then we get the prologue. Prologue is told in Kieran's point of view. He's the main male character, the alpha, okay. the main alpha. So the prologue starts in the pre-infected era. So uh, Kieran is awoken. Whoops. Sorry, one second. My stupid, because I can't use my mouse when I'm using the microphone. So I scroll down too far on my page. Okay, so Kieran is awoken to security 
going off about a breach in security. And this breach turns out to be an Omega female. Her name is Quinn, and she's being held by a couple other alphas in the compound named Lorcan and Cillian. She claims that she didn't come to this kingdom in an assassination attempt, even though she does have a knife. <laughs> she says that she's actually there asking for asylum. Kieran ends up recognizing a black diamond crescent pendant pendant that she's wearing around her neck and she ends up saying her name uh, her name is Quinlan McNamara and she's mm -hmm. actually a princess so she's not just any Omega she's actually an Omega oh. princess one second I wanted to read some highlights but then of course I didn't have it open to the <laughs> I didn't highlight <laughs> them <laughs> I did, yeah, no, I did highlight, I just didn't have it open. Okay, so Kieran thinks that Omegas were rare, prized jewels, exquisite diamonds, and this one was the brightest of them all. And it turns out that Quinn's parents actually died in a freak accident of involving their airplane. Quinn says that she wants to choose her fate and her mate. And she shocks everybody that's there by saying, I choose you to Kieran. Oh, oh. So turns out that a bunch of alpha princes from other sectors, blood sector is like a kingdom. Okay. So there's blood sector and then there's these other sectors out there. So these alpha princes from these other sectors are battling for her hand so that they can be the ruler and the king of blood sector, which is where she's from. She's the princess of blood sector. And now that her parents are dead, you know, it's up for grabs basically. But... Kieran isn't one of those princes because he's never had an interest in politics. He kind of likes his life as it is. So he's never joined this war or this um, like a battle for uh, her hand in marriage. And so this is kind of why she goes to him because he's an alpha prince, but he's not one of the ones competing for her. So she feels like he's a little more trustworthy. Okay. And so she makes him this offer that she wants asylum with him in exchange she will bond with him and then he can become king of blood sector so even though she's a princess she doesn't get to rule the kingdom after her parents die because what she's a woman because she's an omega so yeah so you need the alpha with the mm. omega balance so it's okay. not it's not so much i mean okay so actually in this book there are male omegas so i shouldn't say that all of the omegas are women but because she's an omega she has to have the alpha with her they're okay. a pair all right he ends up accepting her offer but he makes her do something that i've actually never read before in books something called a betrothal bond what is and that? so he makes her drink some of his blood so that they basically start the bonding process like they would with the mate bite oh because she actually is not going to go into heat they call it estrus. She's not going to go into heat for two more months. So he actually can't mate with her until she's in that period because he has to wait two months to fulfill the mate bond. He does this thing with her called the betrothal bond to kind of tie them together, but not completely because she can't be with him completely because of his, because he's an alpha and he has the knot and she's not in heat and she can't like take the knot or whatever. I guess he okay. can't mate with her until she's in that time period. So is that the only time they can have sex is when she's... Why can't he so, just take her? Why can't they have sex? I think he, they can have sex, but he there's like sex that they can have. But then there's also nodding, which is like Ugh. sex to the next level. Oh, okay. That's I what guess. they're telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the excuse they're using. Okay. It's next level. Yeah. How about, so, how about you just find my clit? That would be next level enough. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, one second. My stupid thing is driving me insane. I'm trying to switch from my Kindle to my phone because I feel like sometimes the highlights are easier to see on my phone for some reason. I agree. Yeah, they have this whole conversation where he's like, um, how long until your next heat? And uh, when can you accept my knot inside you and my teeth in your pretty throat? It's very direct. It's literally page nine and he's asking her, oh when gosh. can I fuck wow. you? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she says it's two months from now but then she also says that her heat normally lasts 
30 days, which Dear holy God. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. And then he thinks uh, one swallow of my blood would engage us in a betrothal bond, a link that could only be broken by Quinlan taking another alpha's knot. And once I returned the favor during her estrus by biting her, our souls would forever be tied together. So that's uh, how the prologue starts. And then it jumps to something called current era. Okay. And it's still in Kieran's point of view. Current era turns out to be over a hundred years after they met. And it's Kieran pissed off as fuck because less than a month after they made this betrothal bond she disappeared so <gasps> he's been hunting her for over a hundred years and ruling blood sector alone oh my god yeah wow <laughs> oh i thought what you were gonna say is he had to do this so that some other alpha couldn't steal her away and bond with her that the betrothal bond well, never mind. That's a whole other theory. But go ahead. Wow. Yeah, no, that's where he's pissed. I'd be pissed too. He's been waiting a hundred years to fuck her. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Nobody's that good in bed, dude. Move on. Talk about massive blue balls. <laughs> right. So then I would say chapter one. These chapters actually aren't numbered when you're reading the book, but this is essentially chapter one. Okay. It's Quinn's POV, it's present day, and she's actually in a Barrelope sector, which if you had read anything from X-Clan, you would kind of recognize that sector from that series. Quinn is actually trying to save an injured Omega named Savvy. Savvy was injured by an Alpha who got too rough with her. Quinn has been hiding in Barrelope sector for a while, and she's actually been helping Omegas on the down low. And uh, Quinn thinks about how she came here to save whatever Omegas I could. And that had been over four decades ago. So she's actually been hiding in this facility, this area for f over 40 years. So she opened um, an Omega battered woman's shelter, basically. She's basically working as like an undercover nurse in this sector on Omegas. Yes. Okay. So, so the alpha of that sector, his name is Carlos. He's basically a sadistic bastard. Quinn happens to have some sort of special power to heal Savvy. Okay. And we find out eventually that this was actually something she gained from Kieran when she drank his blood in the betrothal bond. So oh. she got a little bit of his power. Part of his power is healing. Okay. So she's been using that for good all this time. Okay. She also is using some sort of magical perfume that makes her smell like a beta and not the omega she actually is. So she's pretending to be a beta, hiding among all these omegas, doing this undercover uh, nightingale sort of work. <laughs> yeah, wow. Sounds complicated. Quinn is actually in full panic mode because... Uh, Savvy is actually dying oh. and she can feel Kieran approaching her hiding place. Mm. Um, while she's freaking out about trying to heal Savvy while also avoiding Kieran, she thinks about something her mother told her before she died. Um, her mom had said, don't trust the alpha princes, not until you find out the truth. And she thinks about how, her mom's warning was her legacy and what had always guided her purpose um, that her betrothal to Kieran had never been meant to lead to a true mating and that she needed his rare gifts, his ability to heal. And she acquired them through that betrothal bond I talked about. And her own powers had also been bolstered as well, such as her ability to shadow around without detection. So she can do this thing called shadowing, hmm. which is like, kind of like teleportation, I guess I would say like she can go from like one place to another very fast. She calls it shadowing. And she thinks about how the only reason he could sense her was because they're linked through that bond. But that only really worked when they were in close proximity to one another. So she knows that he's really close and she's freaking out. Um, Kieran ends up entering the room and she is like hunched over savvy trying to heal her and she ends up begging him for help and she's saying things like please just help me heal her before you take me away 
um, she knows her time is up. Okay. He's actually, um, he's impressed that she's putting another person's life before her own. Uh, Kieran is actually not alone. He's there with those two alphas from earlier, Lorcan and Cillian, and they're all there to help capture uh, Quinn. Okay. Lorcan and Cillian are part of Kieran's elite forces, and they are definitely being set up for future books because they are also alphas. Yeah, what what's um, an alpha? I never heard of an alpha being able to hang with other alphas. I thought there was only one yeah. alpha. So this is kind of a unique situation as well, because Kieran and these two guys are basically BFFs, and <laughs> Kieran is only, like, the leader by default, because he ended up bonding with Quinn and before that the other two guys really had no interest in kind of doing like ruling anything I would say okay so it's explained pretty well in the book and they they work really well together even though they are all alphas Kieran does end up helping cure savvy he tells the two guys to take savvy to a place called Andorra sector which is another book from the X clan series but like I said there's a couple overlaps for people that's kind of cool to hear about those other things yeah I like series that do that mm-hmm yeah me too so Kieran ends up once Savvy and the other guys are gone Kieran ends up grabbing onto Quinn and shadowing them into his bedroom in the airplane that he took to track her down and she starts freaking out mostly because she's on an airplane and like I said earlier, this is how her parents died in an airplane accident. Oh, right. Okay. So she's really freaking out. But before she can freak out too much, he just uses his alpha command on her and says, strip now. Oh, <laughs> like, God. This is hot. He's wasting absolutely no time. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm busy having a nervous breakdown. It actually kind of helps her stop focusing on how she's freaking out because he's alpha commanding her. So she uh -huh. has to do what he says. She strips down and she gets naked. Um, He's actually really shocked by how dirty and weak she is. So he's not even telling her like strip because he wants to do anything sexual with her. This is more of his like healer persona taking over and he's like freaking out that his mate is oh, so mm. messed up. Oh. And he actually thought for the first five years that she was missing that she had been kidnapped. When you said like you, you know, somebody else could have taken her. He totally mm -hmm. thought the same thing. Yeah. Um, he did find her twice before, but oh. before he could catch up to her, she slipped away because like I said, she's got these really good shadowing abilities. He thinks about how it was an infuriating combination of feelings, disappointment in myself as a leader and a mate, anger at my Omega for running worry over her well-being and pride at her ability to outmaneuver me no so he's all conflicted mm -hmm. in the period while she was missing in that hundred year time span something called the infection happened that's what i said about the like zombie thing happening oh yeah doesn't play a big part. Just know that that happened somewhere in the time frame where she was missing. He can sense that there are major things wrong with her. And so he starts blasting her with his healing power to try to fix her. Because okay. she's like very messed up. <laughs> but the airplane actually takes off. Not like a normal airplane with a runway. Because this is like in the future. And technology is really good I guess. So the airplane actually goes straight vertical like a helicopter would. Oh yeah. Okay. And she actually hasn't been on any sort of airplane since before her parents died. So this actually makes her pass out. <laughs> oh, God. So she ends up passing out when that happens. And he just spends more time trying to heal her and uh, fix her while she's um, under. Quinn goes in and out of consciousness. When she awakens, she can smell mint and man. That was kind of a cool combo. Mm. Um, when she awakens, she does, oh, she's no longer on the airplane, I should say. So she wakes up in a room. When she tries to leave the room, she figures out that she can't because she's been what I would call like magically leashed. <gasps> um, and yeah, she's oh, pretty upset guess. about it. Yeah. yeah. She thinks that he fucked with her mind when she was passed out because she can't really like do anything. She even tries to shadow not that she's trying to actually leave him, but she's just trying to test her abilities. Mm -hmm. um, the shadowing doesn't work because like I said, she's been leashed. 
and Kieran appears and he's super pissed because he could sense her trying to shadow and he thinks she was trying to run off again. She accuses him of suffocating her instinct instincts in order to cripple her he says he only dulled her pain levels and that he didn't actually do what she's um what she is accusing him of doing uh she does she does confess at this point to being on suppressants for over 40 years and that her first heat will be a torment gosh like a vampire heat yeah so she's been suppressing her omega side for a very long time and this has damaged her and her connection to the wolf because that also means she hasn't shifted into her wolf form in over 40 years he kind of talks her down from her freaking out and when he finds out that she has been suppressing herself for 40 years he tries to get her to shift if she doesn't shift or connect with her wolf, she can disassociate from her wolf. And then that will like really damage her and make her go insane. Basically she does finally shift after a while. They do run together for a little bit, but he ends up taking her to her kind of like her childhood home, which is like the old palace. Let's be real. She's a princess. Okay. But so when she gets there, her wolf is freaking out um, because the palace is actually in a state of disrepair. And so this triggers something between her and her wolf. And she actually ends up getting trapped in her wolf form for days at a time. Good God. So she can't shift back to her human form because this like traumatic mental event happened to her. I thought he was supposed to be taking care of the kingdom. Why didn't, why do you let it go to disarray it's explained in the book and i can't remember exactly why but he basically wasn't living in her childhood home and i don't remember if he said it would like hurt him too much to keep up with it because she was missing or um you know he was too busy running he was dumb like he was too busy tracking her down because she ran away so it's really her fault. okay yeah basically she is stuck in her wolf form. She comes in and out of her wolf form a little bit. Kieran's there the whole time. He's trying to get her to um, come back and change back again. She's also at this point in heat because like we said, it's been 40 years of suppressant. So now she's in heat. So she's in extra pain because her wolf is like, fuck me, I'm in heat. And Kieran is like, I am not fucking you when you're in your wolf form. Like that is so not happening. (laughs) Why doesn't he just change into his wolf form? Aren't they both wolves? So they are both wolves, but I actually appreciated how this was done because he basically says that he knows that Quinn is trapped inside. So Quinn is not like the last book we had with the crow where he basically loses awareness of what's happening when he's in crow form. Quinn still has complete awareness of what's happening for the most part. Oh, okay. So he doesn't want to fuck her when she's in yeah. wolf form because he doesn't want to add to her mental instability. Yeah, trauma. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, he eventually ends up leaving her alone in the room. She gets so pissed off at him for everything that's happening in the human form of her. And the wolf gets so mad because he won't fuck her while she's in heat. (laughs) God, this guy can't win. Uh, Quinn and her wolf eventually do like bond together, come together only because they've decided that they're going to shift back to human form so that they can destroy him. Oh God. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Not what I was thinking at all. Yeah. So Quinn is finally able to shift back into her, her human form. She thinks that he abandoned her, that he's rejected her as a mate and she's really distraught. Turns out she was actually trapped in wolf form for eight days. Oh boy. And when he finally comes back in the room, she scratches him up pretty good and tries to like bite the shit out of him. Oh my God. (laughs) She eventually calms down because he confesses that he did not reject her as a mate. He just needed to leave her alone for a few days so that her and the wolf could heal and become one again. Uh, she is so lost in her heat because even though she's in human form, she's still having this heat situation. She cannot stay off of him. Uh, she gives him an epic blow job, <laughs> which is sort of rough. So I will say oh. if you are not into breath play, 
then maybe you would not want to read this blowjob scene. I don't even know what that is, so don't tell me. I, I'm afraid. <laughs> breath play? Uh, breath play. So basically, she's giving him a blowjob. She's like deep throating him so much she can't breathe. So oh. she she almost blacks out from the lack of air. And also because she's at this point swallowing so much of his cum that oh she can't God. breathe. It's pretty amazing. That'll how, teach him. How Boy, intense will, it is. Yeah, that will really teach him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm sure he still has nothing on orcs, but go ahead. Yes. It was a lot of cum, but it was not uh, orc water park level. <laughs> <laughs> I will never be able to get that posting you did. <laughs> Of the eye washing. <laughs> Out of my head. That's all I've been seeing while you've been talking about this. But go ahead. <laughs> God. Oh, it's so funny. In return, he ends up rewarding her for being so good at giving blowjobs that he ends up going down on her. Intense going. There's so much oral sex in this chapter back and uh -huh. forth between the two of them. He makes her come repeatedly. Mm. <laughs> and he does finally fuck her. Oh, in this, thank God. I would say, I was getting a little nervous because of the blowjob and then the oral. And I was like, oh, please don't have this be one of those situations where, oh, you're so tired by now. I'll just fuck you later. You know, sometimes that'll happen in books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I've been reading pages and pages of Oracle <laughs> at this point. So I'm like, please tell me they're going to fuck. And <laughs> they do. Oh, okay. I will say that when he does finally fuck her, he does it in uh, those like, I entered her in one hard thrust oh, sort of boy. sex Ow. move. Yeah. Which she didn't hate it. I did not hate it myself. Mm. But I will say at this point, they have a lot of sex because she's in her heat. So they have oh, like sure. days worth of sex here. Um, she loves it, but of course, but when she comes to and she kind of comes out of her heat, she realizes that she's not pregnant, which is usually what happens when you're in your heat, right? You end up getting knocked yeah. out by the end of it because you've had so okay. much sex. Yes, yeah. So she's not pregnant, but she's also not mated. What? So he never bit her and he completed didn't bite the her. bond. Why? Yes. Okay, so... She gets all up in his business and jumps to so many conclusions at this point that he's punishing her, that this was how he actually decided he was going to um, like torment her for her running off for a hundred years, which I mean, let's be real. She would have fucking deserved it. Yeah. But she's like, Oh, you I'm good enough to fuck, but I'm not good enough for you to actually mate, blah, blah, blah. So she like goes off on him at this point. He says that he didn't mate her because she was still so fragile about her whole uh, situation where she was trapped in her wolf form. And because the bond between her and the wolf was still so fragile, he didn't want to do anything that would trigger anything in her. So he's like, I, yeah, I didn't bite you, but it's not for the reason you're saying I didn't bite you. Oh. But of course he gets all pissed off because she's a little extra here. Okay. <laughs> and so he ends up storming out of the room. He goes off, he does some random stuff around the sector. Nothing bad. He's just like having meetings and trying to cool off. Okay, when he finally comes back into the room, which she still is not leaving because of her little magical leash situation. Oh, yeah. She gives him another blowjob. What the hell? <laughs> when he comes into the room, she's like, oh, I smell another Omega on you. So then she like literally strips him down and smells his whole body to figure out if... Oh, dear she God. smells omega on his like dick mm. okay <laughs> he's like he's like i told you the entire hundred years that you were running off doing whatever the fuck you were doing i never had sex with anyone why would i now that i finally have you why right. would that, i now yeah, go do something like mm -hmm. yeah he's like chill out woman like <laughs> I don't know. She's still kind of coming off the, the heating frenzy or something combined with like, she's just a little unstable. She <laughs> gives him that epic, another epic blow job. Um, he is sort of pissed off at her still. So he gets a little rough with her. He tries to dominate her a little bit and something in that triggers her to start crying. He does stop immediately what he's doing 
and he starts purring for her to calm her down. Mm, your favorite. And, yes. And he apologizes <laughs> for, um, you know, upsetting her. And he says a lot of really good things about like, yes, I want to punish you for what you did. And I'm mad at you, but I would never do it like this. Like he's very much the like, you're mine to treasure. So while I'm mad at you, I would not do these things to you. I would still no. respect you sort of alpha. So he's very different from, I will say in other books that this author has done the alphas are much meaner to their omegas oh. Oh. Kieran is not like that he's very much like you are my mind to like have and protect which is how alphas are supposed to treat omegas so i did appreciate it in this book okay she um does apologize herself she says she was a bad mate because she ran from him for so long and she says that she was using him for his powers okay so this was the first that he's heard of this Oh, but she has, we know that she was using him for the powers because she thought it, but this was the first time that she's kind of saying it to him. Okay. At this point, I, <laughs> I, I had five pages of notes that I had written. So this, I would say the last like third of the book, I'm going to really like cut down. Okay. There's a lot more that happens than what I'm telling you. So if you read the book, you're going to read a lot more details, obviously, than what I'm telling you now. All right. Okay. So it turns out that her parents, Quinn's parents, contacted her from their ill-fated airplane ride. Did that whole thing where they told her, don't trust the alpha princes, right? So Quinn thought that one of the alpha princes had sabotaged her parents' airplane and made it crash. So even though all the alpha princes were fighting for her hand, that's why she picked Kieran because in her mind, since Kieran never competed for her hand, therefore he never had anything to do with her oh. parents plane crashing mm -hmm. because, you know, what would he gain from it if right. not her hand in marriage or whatever. So her parents were actually flying on the airplane because they were going to a secret island location that the McNamara clan runs, which is a sanctuary for Omegas. So they have this whole island oh. that is magically shrouded mm -hmm. for Omegas. She's been trying to figure out who killed her parents this whole time. But in that time frame, she's also kind of lost her way because she's gotten so caught up in trying to also save Omegas. Okay. So now that she's with Kieran, she's reamping up her search for her parents' killers. She finds out eventually that her parents, yes, the plane was having like some sort of issues, but it turns out that her parents actually crashed the plane in a remote location so that they weren't close to the sanctuary island. So the, the plane wasn't having issues itself. I think they were actually being tracked in the airplane. So, so just they had the tracking people off, they <laughs> freaking crashed the plane and killed themselves. Yeah, something about like the plane was not in a location where they could safely land somewhere else. Okay, they had they had to get as far away from this sanctuary island as possible. But in doing so, they also like lost the only place they could have landed safely was the island. And they didn't want to give up the island's location because of all the residents of the island that are supposed to be a, a secret. So that's actually why the plane crashed. So they didn't cause the plane to crash. The parents like elected the, you know, the lesser of two evils and okay. chose to crash the plane themselves. So she still has to figure out who it is that was tracking the parents and all these things. They go on lots of adventures. The mystery of who this person was does end up getting solved. Thank God, okay. because I hate when things like this carry on to different books. Yeah, me too. Uh, Kieran does help her uncover who that person was that was messing with her parents. Turns out that it actually was not an alpha prince at all. Oh. It was one of her parents' closest friends and a member of the king's guard that sabotaged them oh god um so a little bit of like political espionage there was a really good quote at the end of the book about them being fated to one another kieran tells her we were fated quindlin i felt it the moment we met your devious ways called to my inner spirit and my penchant for breaking the rules called mm -hmm. to yours 
No. They live happily ever after. Okay. And then there is an epilogue. Okay. He bites her. Tell me he bites her. He did bite her at some point. Okay. But I will say, I did appreciate that the epilogue was not her being pregnant. Oh, okay. With like a litter of wolf puppies because I'm over the pregnancy epilogue. Okay. (laughs) I don't mind that at all, but go ahead. So this epilogue is actually in a character's point of view that is not Kieran or Quinn. This character is Kira. I didn't talk about her at all. She actually plays a decent role in this book. She was a somebody that was a resident on Sanctuary Island. Mm. Really good friend to Quinn. Um, she is also an Omega. She has a really good setup for book number two. Okay. And I really liked her. And I think the setup for her book, she's got to be book number two, was really good. Because the whole epilogue is in her point of view. Okay. That's different. That was it. I think it was a really good start to a new series. And what? how would you rate this? I would say this is pretty high up there for me. I'd say it's like four and a half wet panties. Oh my gosh, really? I really like Omegaverse. And this Omegaverse is done really well. You have the alphas, the omegas. You get the nodding. You get the purring. The only thing you don't really get here too much is nesting, which she has done in some of her X-Clan series books. So if you like nesting in Omegaverse... Mm-hmm. Maybe read one of those. But this kind of hit all the elements of Omegaverse that I like. And I think it was a good setup for the series. Like, I like the other alphas, uh, Lorcan and Cillian. Kira was a cool character. I would like to know more about the blood sector thing. Because I was kind of... I went honestly went into this thinking it was going to be about vampires and shifters. Yeah. So when I was like, oh, it's just more wolf shifters. Like, oh, okay. But I think... I think there might be more vampire stuff in the next book because Kira has a little bit of vampire history oh. herself. Yeah, like me some vampires, that's for sure. It's probably my favorite. Yeah, the combination of it being called Blood Sector and then V Clan, I thought it was like V for vampire. So I really thought this series was going to be a vampire series. Oh. It wasn't. It's just a wolf Omegaverse series like her other one, but I I thought it was pretty well done. The thing that I didn't really like about this book was Quinn and her ability to constantly dive off the deep end instantly in her thoughts. Well, you know how women are. (laughs) Well, I will say though that instead of just having these thoughts and thinking like all these things, she was actually very vocal about the things that bothered her and her and Kieran cleared up everything right away. So even though that kind of bugged me about it, I did like how all their issues were talked about and resolved very quickly. It's not like she had the same issue through the whole book because she didn't want to talk about it or she did the whole, it's fine. Yeah. You know, (laughs) which really would have pissed me off. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't have liked that either. Overall, I really liked it. I think I read that book pretty quickly. I mean, it's only a little over 200 pages, I think. Yeah, it was good. Definitely recommend if you can... If you like Alpha and Omega stuff. Yeah, I don't know that I do. I know it's not really your thing, Mm -hmm. but I don't even really care about the nodding thing. It's more about like the dynamics and I really like nesting and I really like purring. So those really do it for me. And then like nodding is like really low on the list of things I like about Omega Well, I, I don't like the fact that you said that they're not as nice as they normally are to their mates. Why do all these Omegas, why are the Omegas treated so badly that they have to have a whole freaking island to run away to? Yeah, so some of the Alphas are not good Alphas, and they take advantage of the Omegas. Mm. So there are bad Alphas, but there are good Alphas also. So, like, this guy was a good Alpha. Okay. So... Yeah, that was it. That right. was my that was my story. Oh, that sounds good. It sounds like you enjoyed it and you gave it a good writing a good rating. I did, and I will definitely read the next one when it comes out. But I, I mean that's not saying much because I love this series by her. So every time one of the books comes out, I read it instantly. She actually had in the X Clan series, she had some regular books, but then one of the books was actually a fairy tale retelling, which would be good for our reading challenge this year if anybody hasn't done their reading mm. challenge. That book was called Winter's Arrow, and it was a Snow White retelling. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah, it was 
cool. It was like Snow White combined with Omega Verse, very different, kind of unique uh, fairy tale retelling. Well, I started trying to make a list of all the books that I want to read. So I'll throw this on the list. And then if it the the nodding and the not being nice to the Omega bothers me, I'll stop reading it. Some of the books, the alphas are kind of mean to the Omegas. And so some of them do like they were hard for me to read. Uh But this book, he was nice to her the whole time. Okay. All (laughs) right. This would be a good one if you're kind of iffy about it. But it's so um, interesting. Some books just suck me right in and I'm like instantly from the beginning in it. And then other books, I'm like every freaking page I'm turning is killing me. Yeah, I'm like that too. I Mm. don't know if it's the story or if it's because I'm a mood reader. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood for that sort of story or both. That's why I do three things at once. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Seriously. It's like, uh, I don't know what I'm in the mood for. And if I'm not in the mood, I'm horrible that way. I cannot, I'm not good about forcing myself to do something I don't want to do. I'm really bad about that. I was just going to tell you what I'm reading now, but you can go first. No, go ahead. So I'm actually reading a T.S. Joyce book. So I had, I think I mentioned this when we did her episode. I had read one of her series, a couple of her books. I thought I had only read like three or four. Well, when I looked it up, I had actually read eight. Oh my God. So... I read the Saw Bears series and the Fire Bear series, which are part of her bigger series called Damon's Mountains Universe. Okay. So if you go on Goodreads and under her name, you can look up Damon's Mountains Universe series. There's actually 48 books in that series. Oh my God. And that will tell you the reading order for the book. So sometimes you have to jump between series to read them in the correct order. Book number four of Saw Bears is followed by book number one of the Fire Bear series. And then it jumps back to Saw Bears. So I kind of like that they have this reading order on Goodreads because then you can read it in the order that it's supposed to be read, not in the series order. So I just went on Goodreads last night, looked up the Damon's Mountains universe and realized I had read the first eight in that big series. So I downloaded. Didn't you read all the Crow books too? I did. I read all four of the Crow books. That last one was so good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So the book I just started last night is called Woodsman Werebear. It's Saw Bears number six. And Damon's Mountains Universe number nine. Wait a minute. So that's I think what I'm that's, currently reading. I think that's what I'm reading. Hold on one second. Let me let me get back to my library. If you're reading number one, I wonder if you're reading Lumberjack. Oh, Werebear. I'm reading Lumberjack. Yeah, that's Werebear. book number one. And which one are you reading? I okay, so it is book number six in that series, but like I said, it's book number nine in the big series okay um it is saw bears number six woodsman werebear all right it's super short i think it's like 190 pages it's on ku it's like faded mates bear shifters insta love good characters all the things i like about her as an author yeah easy yeah this my book is easy too i'm sure i'll finish it tonight and then I finished the book that I'm going to read um, n- or I'm going to review next week. And it's called Don't Wake the Dead by Cece Wood. And I had read a lot of her other books in her series. So this is part of the, it's the Wrath Files book number one in the Don't Wake the Dead series. There's three books in this series. Okay. So do you need to read the other stuff before you can start this book or no? I finished it. I finished book number one. Oh, I thought you were saying it was like a spinoff from a different series. I misunderstood. No, it's a, well, she has other series. This is a separate series. It's not part of a okay. normal series. Like, you know, I was reading all of her, 
her other series that were about vampires and stuff. Yeah, that's the, I think it's Bitten, right? Bitten, Bitten series? Yeah, the Bitten series. This is different, so you don't have to read the Bitten series or this series okay. if you want to read the other series. So yeah, that's what okay, I'm doing. Cool. Plus I'm reading, or not reading, but listening to another, another audio book, again, by that Lisa person. She has so many freaking <laughs> books. Lisa Kleypas. I... You know, what I realized, I think part of my problem with the ones that I'm listening to, I don't even know if I could finish book number two in the Wallflower series. I think it has more to do with the narrator, honestly, because it's a different narrator yeah. than who did that other series. And I don't like her as much. Well, it's funny because I I wonder how many of these I would have done if I were reading them, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, as opposed to listening to them. But yeah, I it is a different narrator for several of her books. I even looked up that narrator and bookmarked her to see what other books she's reading because she's really good. But I do like that about the Hoopla app. You can look up narrator names, not just author names. Yeah, so now I'm reading a book called Somewhere I'll, or not reading, I'm listening to a book called Somewhere I'll Find You, which is very odd. Okay. Bit, yeah. Do you want me to tell you what it's about? Sure. Is it? by lisa Kleypas, or it's just yes. that oh okay is it a historical it's a historical book but okay. it's about uh a duke and this woman and when he was seven and she was five their parents got together and married them to each other married the kids to each other yes so they've been married Interesting. yeah i'm like what the hell how, how can you even do that <laughs> <laughs> so she's been hiding because she does not want it. She's livid with her father that her father did this. And so he's, he's been searching for her, but he doesn't, she doesn't know it. She's been hiding and they're both pissed off that they were married as children to each other. They haven't seen each other since they got married. Um, so they have no idea what each other looks like. And of course, serendipitously, they run into each other okay so do they fall in love with each other before they realize they're already married they both they know they're married he knows but i thought already not i thought they other. weren't gonna wreck they're, they don't know who they're married to they don't remember what the person looks like they don't know what the person looks like but they know they're married they've been told their whole life you're already married his parents did it because they were of course broke mm -hmm. um but they had a title and her parents did it because he had a ton of, her father had a ton of money and wanted her to have a title. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's very different. I've actually I've read books like this before, but not where they're married, but that they're like betrothed. Yeah, and me then, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then they like avoid each other and they eventually find each other. They start developing feelings. And yes. then they realize, oh, you're the person I was supposed to marry anyways. Mm-hmm. So, huh. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. I'm like, how the hell is that even possible? Was it even possible, you know, in 1840 to do that to your kids? I don't know. I mean, I would assume so because now they have all these laws about you have to be a certain age and you have to say, uh, do you enter this of your own free will? Because <laughs> before you didn't yeah. have to be there from your own free will. So <laughs> I guess, I guess you're terrifying. Right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing and that's it. Okay. Nice. Well, yeah. I am just, you know, doing the same thing. I'm reading a lot, doing a lot of work and PTA stuff is popping off and oh my God. You know, business yeah. as usual. Business is overload. Oh my God. Yeah. I just need this month to be over or the year or the oh whole God. decade. I don't no, know what this is. Don't rush your life for the whole decade. I'll, then oh I'll God. only have five years left. Let's oh, geez. I don't know. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you know, we're not talking about that. But yeah, don't rush it. Yeah, I know. It's just, yeah. it's a lot. But, you know, I do it to myself sometimes. So, yeah, you do. I've been really good That's about okay. it. Well, in my opinion, I've been really good about keeping my mouth shut about it. But you add on any more stuff, we're going to have a little discussion. About <laughs> so I, 
About what? About how much should I do? Yeah, about slow down, relax, enjoy your life. Okay, so this is a really good point because you always say that when you're sitting around watching TV or doing whatever, you feel like you need to get up and you need to do something productive, right? Yes. So I heard this term today when I was listening to a podcast that I had never heard before. It was actually a commercial for something, but they said something called, they were talking about toxic productivity. Please tell yes. me. Okay. I've never heard of this term before, but I've heard of this concept basically. Okay. Um, it's similar to what people would call hustle culture or workaholism. Mm. It's the extreme obsession with productivity, which is never ending and attaching your self-worth to how productive you are. Um, it's, yeah. It stems from a culture that praises and rewards productivity, which can be good things, but it does not always tell us where to draw the line. And it is an obsession with work where more matters, even if the quality is not exactly great. And the worst part is it can be so overwhelming that we can only see our self-worth when attached to the amount of work we are doing. Oh, honey, do you think that's you? No, I think that's uh, you. What? <laughs> you. Excuse me? What the hell are you talking about? Why? Because you, you always say you feel guilty when you're not doing something productive. Well, there's things that I want to do, like I... I want to get up and paint. I don't know. I Okay, let's blame my parents for that, too. <laughs> because, you no, know, I, uh, my parents were all, it's all about your job. It's all about work. They never took a day off for anything. Yeah. I got in a car accident once and totaled my mm -hmm. car. And the first thing my father said to me is, and you didn't go to work? <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. That's what he fucking said to me. And I looked at him. I'm like, no, dad, I did not go to work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So th this, no. So this whole article was actually really interesting, but it was talking mostly about, obviously people do this with work. Like you're saying, they don't know how to set boundaries between themselves and work. And they just keep getting in this cycle where, you know, they have to keep doing more and more and more. Well, I don't have, I never had a problem with that. I don't have a pro I don't have a problem with that either at work, unfortunately for my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Okay. I, I can set healthy boundaries. Why I am, it doesn't have anything to do with that. I'll just tell you real quickly. It has to do, I think, with when I got chronic fatigue and immune dysfunction really bad and they told me you're never going to work again and I couldn't get up off the sofa even if I wanted to and I was bedridden for a year and I lost 11 years of my fucking life mm. and I had to fight my way back. So now if I get tired, I get a little panicky. If I'm too oh, tired, okay. I start to panic and think because you never get rid of chronic fatigue. And yeah, I think I wasted all that time. I lost so much. You were 12 when it happened. I lost so much of my time with you that I'm, you know, I feel like I need to get up and do stuff because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Plus, you like you're making up for lost time almost. Like you're being extra productive now because you weren't productive then. Yeah, but the worst part is I can never get back the years that I feel like I wasn't there for you because I was so sick. Well, that's okay. It's I mean, if you're sick, you're sick. You have to take it time to get better. But I missed you. Oh my well, I'm right here. So oh, now you couldn't God. miss me even if you tried. <laughs> okay, so. All right, go get my grandbaby. Okay, I will. All right, love you, honey. All right, love you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.